0: Jesus pulled me out And I'm no longer bound I'm so
1: glad he saved me In a, a new, new creation Christ. Christ The old is gone, there's new life. And I, I live, live
0: by faith, faith not by sight There is a, a new name written down in glory and it it's mine yes it's mine i met the author of my story and it yes, it's mine yes he's mine there's a new name written down in glory And he's mine yes he's mine i met the author of my story and he's mine Yes he's sin mine sin has left Now I'm walking free i got the victory See, it's all over me I'm so glad he changed me See I
1: Am a new creation In Christ The old
0: There by faith, not by sight. There is a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, yes, it's mine. I've met the author of my story. And it's mine, yes, it's mine. There is a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, yes it's mine. I've met the author of my story.
1: And it's mine, yes it's mine. I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. There is a new
0: name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes it's mine. i am at the author of my story, and it's mine, yes it's mine. There is a new name. Glory, and He's mine. Yes, He's mine. I met the author of my story, and He's mine. Yes, He's mine. There's a new, there, there is a, a new name written down in glory, and He's mine. Yes, He's mine. I met the author of my story,
1: and He's mine. Who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am Because the I am tells me who I am I am who I am Because the I am tells me who I am
0: There is a new name Written down in glory And it's mine Yes, it's mine I met the author of my story And it's mine Yes, it's mine There is a new name Written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. And I've met the author of my story, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. There's a new, there is a, a new name, name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. And I've met the author of my story, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. And it's mine. And it's mine. Yes, it's mine. And it's mine. And it's mine. Yes, it's mine. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. so glad there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Thank you, Jesus our Savior, our everything, our provision, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Making a way. Honey in the rock, water in the stone. Provides manna on the ground, no matter where I go. Thank you, Jesus. There's honey in the rock, water in in the the stone. Manna
2: Manna on the the ground,
0: ground, no matter where I go. go. No need to worry now that I know
1: Everything
0: I need you've got Is honey in the rock Thank you Jesus Praying for a miracle Thirsty for the living well
1: Only you can satisfy
0: Sweetness, have the mercy to see. Not taste it's not hard to see. Only you can satisfy. There's honey in the rye. There's honey in the rye. There's honey in the rye. There's honey in the rock. Freedom.
1: Where the spirit is,
0: bounty in the wilderness, you will always satisfy. the honey in the rock, water in the soul, and on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know, everything I need you've got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hand. Started flowing when when you said that it's done.
1: Everything you did is enough. I keep looking, I keep finding.
0: You keep giving, keep providing. I keep all that I need. You are all that I need. Keep moving, I keep praising, you keep, keep proving. I have all that I need, you are all that I need. And I keep looking, I keep finding, you keep giving, you keep providing. I am all that I need, you are all that I need, and I keep praying. You keep moving, I keep praising. You keep moving, I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I am all that I need. You are all that I need. Yeah. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. Don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you got. There's honey in the rock, purpose Water, in your plan, power in
1: the blood, healing in your hand. started flowing when you said that it's done. Jesus, who you are, is enough. There's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock. The rock.
0: In the rock, in the, rock. In the rock. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Thank him for his provision. Thank you, Jesus. You keep providing, Lord. You keep making the way, Jesus. Power in the blood. He Isso Running after, running after me. With my life laid down and surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness, your goodness is running after, running after me. And all my life, you have been. Chains of gold oh.
3: But continue to walk with us, defend us, keep us, and guide us every step of the way. We thank you for that. We give you praise. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Happy
2: New Year. After God.
4: Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory. God is good. Amen. 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 This morning, we have a special presentation this morning. And uh, this young man that we're going to recognize for all of his hard work this morning, we've watched him grow up right here in our church. I remember when we had him out at Royal Rangers, and uh, we've watched him grow and develop into a fine young man. And uh, we're celebrating a great achievement this morning. I want to ask James Zaino if he would come and join me up front. Amen. 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 James is one of our only fall graduates from college, and we want to honor him today. We want to honor all of his hard work. You know, they don't give degrees away. You have to work for them. You have to study. You have to put in the time. You have to make good grades, don't you? You have to make sacrifices. But how honored we are that we've been able to watch James and his uh, determination in getting his degree. And today, we honor him. He's, a, he's achieved a Bachelor of Science degree in finance. And uh, we are so very proud of him today. And uh, we just want to honor him today with a card. And we're going to pray a blessing, a prayer over him. I want to invite Pastor to come uh, as well. But we want to present you with this card. And uh, uh, just a congratulations. And uh, Pastor can, can just lay hands on, on you as I lead us in prayer. Uh, before I pray, I just want to invite you. There's also some invitations on the desk, uh, welcome desk in the lobby, but this, we want you to come and celebrate with us. There's a special celebration for James that's set for next Saturday, January the 7th at 5 p.m. in the fellowship hall. Uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful time of celebration and a dinner. And uh, so I just want to invite you to come to that, but extend your hands this way. We're going to pray a blessing over James as he's transitioning into a new area of his life, a new season. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for our children. Lord, we thank you for James today, Lord. Father, for all that he's accomplished, Lord. We thank you that your hand is upon his life, Lord God, that we have watched him grow, Lord, in the physical. We've watched him grow spiritually, Lord. And we celebrate today his academic achievement, God. And, Father, we pray today a special anointing, Lord God, upon him, that you'll touch him, that you'll bless him, Lord, that you'll give increase, Lord God, that you'll expand his territory, Lord God, we pray that you would open doors for him, Lord God, as he transitioned into this new. A uh, uh, season of his life, God, that you would order his steps, Lord. Open the doors of opportunity for him, Lord God. Direct him, Lord. We thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord God, and we thank you that your plans for James are great, Lord and Father. We pray your blessings upon him, that as he grows and continues to develop, Lord God, may he draw closer to you, Lord Father. May he walk in your blessings and in your presence all the days of his lives, Lord. Receiving every good and perfect blessing that you have for him, Father. We commit him into your hands and we pray, God, pour out your spirit upon him and use him mightily for your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's put our hands together and thank God for a godly young man and all that God's going to do for him.
3: Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. It's so good to see everybody. Happy New Year again. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn. We're going to start in Hebrews and then we'll jump to our main text in the book of Genesis. But let's begin with Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. We're going to talk about Abraham, the man that passed the test. Abraham, the man that passed the test. I want to pass the test this year. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 17. And the Bible says that by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. But Abraham thought, he reasoned, that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. Now if you would, Genesis 22. Genesis 22, verse number 1. Hebrews kind of gives us a background of what was going on. And Genesis 22 is the story. Hebrews kind of helps us to understand what Abraham was thinking and how his faith was operating. And now our story, Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Who did the testing? God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, here I am, Lord. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to the servant, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, father, yes, my son. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together, jumping down to verse 14. And so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I want to talk about the man who passed the test. Um, Our thought, our theme, our subject this morning is how to face and handle the tests of life. To the glory of God. We see in our text a picture. A beautiful picture. Of obedient faith that overcomes. In the trials of life. On a faith that passes the test. And we can learn and be encouraged by this life of Abraham. This man of faith gives us a great example. That we can imitate as we walk with God. And we face new years. And we face new challenges. This is in fact the greatest test of Abraham's entire life. And it was a life marked by tests. It was a life that was marked by both great faith and great tests because the two of them go together. They're not separated. The great Pentecostal pioneer of the early 1900s, Smith Wigglesworth, would always say to congregations, great faith is the product of great fights. And great testimonies only come out of great tests. And great triumphs will only come out of The outcome of great trials. There's no shortcuts to this life of faith. There's no easy way to become a strong, healthy man or woman of faith. But Abraham, well, he had faced many tests of faith during his years of walking with God. And if we were doing a series on Abraham, which down the road we'll do again, but we would cover things like the family test and the famine test, the fellowship test, the fortune test, the fatherhood test. And there's more but this test. Well, this would be like no other. This would be a test that would examine the sincerity and the fidelity that would stretch Abraham's faith and prove his commitment to God like none before. In fact, Dr. Wearsby writes to us, we're never too old to face new challenges, to fight new battles, or to learn new truths. When we stop learning, we stop growing. When we stop growing, we stop living. We're going to see in this chapter, of course, we see a beautiful picture of our Lord's sacrifice on Calvary. But the main lesson this morning, obedient faith in times of testing. For one of our main goals in this coming year, we are determined we're going to pass the test. We're going to pass the test. We're going to face tests as we walk with God. We're going to face them. We can't avoid them. They're going to come, but they don't have to win. No one is exempt. As we march on in faith, faith gets tested, devotion gets tried. Our commitment is examined by the light of adversity that we're forced to deal with. But we understand that as we trust God and walk with God, we'll pass the test. Some of you here this morning and hell through the kitchen sink at you in the last year, but you passed the test. You're still standing. You're still serving. He tried to dislodge memories. He tried to disqualify you from ministries. He tried to stamp it on marriages, but you're standing here today loving God, serving God, and trusting God. You passed the test and you're going to pass it this year. Can you say amen? amen. I want to pass the test? I'm not sure what's going to come my way, but whatever it is, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stay true to God. Three points from Abraham, the man who passed the test. Number one, expect tests from God. Expect tests from God. Well, look at that. They're going to come. We're warned that they're coming. Expect tests from God. But secondly, when they do come, focus on the promise that God has for you, not the explanation that maybe you can't figure out. And thirdly, depend on God's promise. When you face the trials of life. God will make a way. God will bring you through. God will give you what you need. To deal with every situation that you face. So number one. Expect. Tests. As you walk with God. Expect tests. Look at Genesis 22 verses 1 and 2. The Bible says sometime later. God tested Abraham. God did the testing here. He said Abraham here I am. And God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there. Expect test from God. You know, the Bible tells us over and over again that, that tests and trials are part of the Christian experience. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have troubles. David said many are the afflictions of the righteous and there's many more that that tell us that. But the key for you and I that love the Lord is to have a proper understanding of them and a proper attitude towards them. Then we can get the most out of them. In the school of faith, we have to have tests. That's what produces our promotions. That's what brings us our maturity and our depth and our growth. And though not every." Difficult experience is necessarily a, a personal test from God. Within it, there's still the opportunity to grow depending on how we face it depending on how we choose to respond to it. We're going to expect tests from God this year. When they come, we're not going to be offended by them. We're not going to be overwhelmed by them. We're not going to be deflated by them. We're going to recognize we're card-carrying members of the human race. We're going to recognize that God uses them, and God, sometimes He allows them, but regardless of how come or why, we're going to love God and serve God, believe God, and walk on with God. Can you say amen? We understand when we study the Bible that, among other things, tests come to do three things. They come to purify our faith, they come to perfect our character, and they come to protect us from sin. At times they come to protect us from sin. They purify our faith. In James, it was Peter that used that illustration of how the fiery trials tend to remove the dross of the old me. They, they tend to remove the old attitudes and carnal responses of the old Joe and they get exposed and skimmed and I'm forged into that new man. I'm forged into that new son that God desires me to be. We learn that they perfect our character when I respond properly. James says, count them joy if you look at them the right way. James says, the heavenly sculptor will actually use them to, to um, um chisel us and perfect us and mature us and make us exactly into the one God wants us to be. And then they protect us from sin at times. We think of Paul when he said, Lord, 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 remove this test. Remove this trial. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. That thing's doing something in you that's actually a good thing in the end. And regardless, Paul's thorn in the flesh, regardless of what it was or wasn't, the fact is it kept him humble. And it kept him grounded. It kept him dependent on the Lord. It kept him relying daily on the grace of God. His thorn protected him from that pride and ever coming to the place of thinking he had it all figured out on his own. But God allowed certain things to come to keep him in that place. Where he knew each and every day for every step of the way. Lord I need thee. Lord I trust thee. It's by the grace of God I am what I am. So expect them as normal Christian experience. And we pause and we say to young believers. Now Listen. It's very important that you realize this doesn't mean that God's forgotten you when the trial comes. It doesn't mean that somehow God has stopped loving you because unfair things happen. Nor does it mean that God is no longer in control just because things hit you and they can't be described. Even Jesus was tested and tried and so will you and so will I. The important thing for the child of God is that I have a proper understanding of them. And I have a proper attitude towards them. I see them as an opportunity where I can grow. I can glorify God. And I can receive the promotion that God has for my life. Now closing this thought. Let's think specifically about our story in Abraham's life. We grow so accustomed. to Just seeing God as the giver. And provider, and certainly he is. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. We know God is good. We know God gives good gifts to his children. Yet we can forget that God will also ask us at times to lay things down from time to time. God will test our sincerity and God will test our devotion to him, especially If it seems like we're putting something before him and starting to love the gift or the gifts more than the giver. Dr. Swindoll writes, there are times when God is testing us, when God says let go. It could be possessions, it could be plans, it could be people or projects. It could be a dream, it could be a right. You fill in the blank. Sometimes people and things become too important to us. And the fact is, no matter what we lose or God asks us to lay down, letting go is a painful process. Verses 1 and 2, the command is clear. This will be Abraham's greatest test. Aren't there times when your future seems to balance on a single decision? Salvation certainly is such a decision. Heaven or hell... Balances on your choice: yes to Christ or no to Christ. Now, no, cho- no doubt, no doubt that your choice of a spouse is another one of those decisions. That that the right decision could lead you to a little bit of heaven on earth, and um, the wrong decision, well, I'll just leave it at that. Make no mistake, your level of consecration that you choose, the level of devotion that you choose in which to serve God with, will determine much of what happens in your life, in your children's life, in your grandchildren's life, for generations. I'm telling you, decisions that we poo-poo, decisions that we ignore, have great effect on now and eternity. So when these special times of testing come, when God begins to speak to your heart or deal with you about an issue or situation. Remember, there will be times, if you walk with God, that God will require that you surrender some things or lay some things down. That you submit, submit to certain things in life without giving God giving you much of an explanation. Call it a spiritual junction that determines which road our lives will take. Call them defining moments or pivotal times of life. But be sure when special times and tests from God come, friend, make sure it's the utmost importance. Obey the Lord and put God first and do things God's way. Remember that one act of obedience to God, though at the moment it might be possibly painful or a bit confusing or costly, but one act of obedience to God can unfold a lifetime of blessing. But a no can cause your life to head down another path. And quite frankly, you can't always rebound when you start heading down the wrong path. Child of God, whether you're 12 or 112... I encourage you in the coming year when the tests come and you are being tried, which way to turn and what will I do? Obey the Lord. Do not ignore what he's saying to you. Whether it's in the word, it's in your spirit. Whether it's a matter of your conscience, obey God. It might be hard. It might be unpopular. But in the end, you will be glad. You will be glad that you obeyed him. And you will never regret saying yes to Jesus. You will never regret saying, Lord, I'll lay it down if that's what you want me to do. Or I'll pick it up if that's what you've called me to do. Lord, whatever you desire, I give you my best. I give them my all, and I'll trust you as I walk through it. Can you say amen? amen? Number one, expect tests from God. We'll all face them. Make up your mind and be determined. You're going to pass the test. Pass last year, going to pass next year. Amen? Number two, when they come, and they will come, Focus on the promise, not the explanation. There are so many assurances from the Lord to strengthen us, to guide us, to help us, to to comfort us. When faith is being tested and faith is being challenged. And even when God's ways are challenging or confusing, His promises can still be trusted. Let me say that again. Even when God's ways are challenging, and sometimes they are, God's ways are challenging, and sometimes His ways, they're confusing, and if you don't know that, you're lying or you just, you're not with it. Um, Even when God's ways Are challenging and confusing. His promises can still be trusted. Mark that down if you want to live the overcoming life. His promises can be trusted. He's worthy of praise. Even when I can't understand what he's doing or why he's doing it. Look at Abraham verses 3 through 5. He's going to focus on the promise, not the explanation. Early the next morning, God gives him a test. He's a man of faith. He didn't argue with God. He didn't waver. He promptly obeyed. And the Bible says early the next morning, he got up, saddled the donkey, took the sun, set out to the place God told him. On the third day he sees it. Verse number five. He says to the servants, You stay here. I and the boy are going over there. We will worship. And we will come back. We're going to worship. It's amazing. He considers sacrificing the thing he loves, worship to God. There's a key if you want to walk in obedience with God. Consider every act of obedience an act of your worship to God. But not only that, his thinking is simply this. God has promised that through this boy Isaac, these wonderful promises will come to pass. Promises of nations, promises of Messiah, promises of blessing the world, promises of a land, promises. So even if I have to slay him, God will raise him from the dead. Because God said through Isaac will the promise come. And Abraham's resting on a promise when God asked him to do what seemed unreasonable and enlarging. And we want to say this morning, it's so important as a child of God that you acquaint yourselves and familiarize yourself with the promises of God. Encourage yourself, comfort yourself, above all things fight the good fight of faith with the promises of God. In this world, things can't always be explained, but God can always be trusted. And you know, whether we look at Joseph in prison, Joseph, a good man in prison, Moses in Israel at the Red Sea, or, or a David's a wanted man, a man for God's own heart in a cave, a wanted man, or Job, righteous Job in his suffering, or godly King Jehoshaphat being, being aligned by three enemies. When I mean, you look at all the various things, the lesson's the same. We have to live by promises, not explanations. We, just like the other heroes of the faith, we have to live by the promises of God, not the explanation of why this is happening or why didn't it not happen. Consider how unreasonable God's request was to Abraham. Isaac and Abraham. Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's only son. The future of all the promises rested on him. Isaac was the miracle child. He was the gift of God to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham's response is so impressive. When God sends trials in our natural man, we usually respond, why Lord? And then after that, it's why me Lord? We want an explanation. But when Abraham heard God's word, he immediately obeyed it by faith. For he knew God's will. Never contradicts God's promise. So we held on to the promise. In Isaac, your seed will be called. The offspring, the blessing, the inheritance, the covenant promise will come through Isaac. And we looked at Hebrews 11, so we got some background of what Abraham was thinking. And the author in Hebrews kind of gives us this background to the story in Genesis. That Abraham is believing that even if God allowed him to slay his son, God would raise him from the dead. But as God said, it's through Isaac the blessing's coming and God can't lie. You see, faith doesn't pout, faith doesn't demand explanation. Faith rests on the good promises of God. We might not understand why, but I know what God has said. I can't figure out how come, but I know what God has declared. Don't forget the good promises, the wonderful promises. Don't forget God's promises. Fill your heart with them. Fill your mind with them. Fill your mouth with them. They're not just cute religious cliches. They are divine assurances. They are divine guarantees from the mouth of the Almighty. And listen, they'll keep you strong and they'll keep you grounded. They'll keep you anchored as you trust them. They'll give you peace. They'll give you an inner calm as you believe them. But first, you've got to know them. First, you've got to know what God has said. You've got to know what God desires of you. You've got to know what you can believe. And as you believe, those good promises it releases that amazing grace to work in your heart and to work in your mind and to work in your situation. It reminds me. There was a story, you might have heard it, way back in the 1700s, a man that was um, not too wealthy, scraped up what he had to take a trip to the new world. He wanted to start over. And back in those days, to cross the Atlantic, it would take many weeks. He scraped up most of the money he had to buy the ticket. What little was left over, he got a little, some bread and some water, etc. for the trip. But, you know, after a few days, that's gone, and it's a long trip. It's a couple of weeks. He starts getting hungry. After a day or two, he really starts getting hungry. Didn't mind fasting one day, but by the third day hit, it's time for a drive through Amen. And he begins to smell ah, the dining cart. and Oh, they had some stuff in the dining cart. and He's smelling it, but he has no more money. And so he kind of thinks, I'll sneak around. Maybe I can get something out of the garbage or maybe I can. And he's back there looking for something. By this day, it's three or four days he hasn't eaten. And as he's looking through, maybe he gets caught by one of the waiters. He's embarrassed. He's defensive. And he begins to explain his situation. And the waiter just cut him off in the midstream and said, Sir, didn't you understand? All the food came with the price of the ticket. I say that to say there are many Christians within the sound of my voice that about all they know about their salvation is I'm sins are forgiven and I'm going to heaven. That's good but that's not all. That's most important but there's a whole lot more than this and it's so important to recognize that when that blood was shed and the resurrection took place great and precious promises were poured out upon those that love God and walk with God and whatever you have need of your God has provided there's a promise for this and there's a promise for that. There's a word you can stand on in this situation, there's a promise you can declare in that situation. There is so much more that God desires that His people enjoy and employ and walk in the fullness of. So when the trial comes, don't be overwhelmed and don't give in to the why God. But grab hold of a good promise. Grab hold of a word that speaks about that specific situation. Let it comfort your heart. Let it strengthen your faith. Let it guide your thinking. Let it fill your speaking. God is not a man that he'll ever lie to you. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. God is faithful. God is true. And God has a promise for you. Whatever you're facing today, God has a promise that you can claim, that you can stand on, that you can trust in. And God will not fail you, but God will come through for his people. Can you say amen? Oh, Hallelujah. Oh Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord. You got to know what you have so you can use what you got. Read the Bible. Study that Bible. Get those promises down. Know the promises for finances. Know the promises for healing. Know the promises for wisdom. Know the promises for protection. Go to the Word of God. Find out what was purchased for you on Calvary. Put your name in that book. That belongs to you. Blood was shed so you could rejoice and enjoy the life of the redeemed. The devil, he is a liar. He said to some of you this last year, you weren't going to make it. He threw the kitchen sink at some Of you. He signed off on some of you. He said you'll be disqualified. He said, give up, run away. But you said, no, no, no. I'm gonna walk with God. I'm gonna keep trusting God and I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna stand on the promise of God. He said his grace is sufficient. I'm here today to tell you, it is sufficient, it's sufficient for you, it's sufficient for you, it's sufficient for you, it's sufficient to comfort you, it's sufficient to counsel you. It's sufficient to surround you. It's sufficient to pick you up when life has knocked you down. It's sufficient to give you calm when the storms of life are trying to destroy your peace. Somebody, I want you to know Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you. Not just so you can go to heaven someday, but you can walk a victorious life this day. And this God is a good God and this God is a faithful God and somebody, the battle is the Lord battle, trust in the Lord, believe His word, and watch Jesus work in your life. Hallelujah! Tell someone, I'm going to pass the test. Not everyone passes. Some backslide. some disappear, but not you. I'm going to pass the test. He tried to knock us out in 1985, we're still here. He tried to squish us in 96, we're still here. He tried to make us give up and throw up and go away. But we're still here and we're not done yet. Because greater is He that's within you than he that's in that world. Oh, he lied to some of you, didn't he? He said, this will never work. He said, she'll never come back. He said, no, that doctor was right. You don't have, oh, that devil is a liar. But Jesus has a better report. Jesus has a better promise. I'm going to believe his word. Amen. Amen. Test will come. Don't cry about them. Good Lord. The world has tests. It it sickens me when I see some worldly people face tests better than a child of God. You know what I mean. I've seen unbelievers have a better attitude going through hell than some Christians. That's not in the notes. But it felt good. But it felt good. Expect tests to come as part of the human condition. Amen. They're going to come, but they don't have to win. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And when they do come, God has a promise. God has a word. He's got something to encourage you. He's got something to direct you. He's got something you can cast that burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. It is written. Come on, say amen to that. It is written. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I'm going to bless him because he's a healer. I'm going to bless him because he's a forgiver. I'm going to bless him because he's a restorer. I'm going to bless him. Though life might try to squish us down, he's the glory and the lifter of our head. Oh. Oh my goodness.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah!
3: Even when God's ways are challenging or confusing, his promises can still be trusted. And what an example Abraham gives. Verse 3, the next day, the next morning, he sets out to obey God. Immediate obedience. We we'll want to learn from this man of faith. Hesitation, Procrastination. Is one of the biggest tools of the enemy to keep you from obeying God. Now, don't raise your hand. How many times people walked out of a good service or maybe a good private time with God, and God spoke to you, and you're all jacked up? I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You put it off. You got around. How do we like to say? You got around the spiritual turkeys. You can't soar with the eagles when you're trotting with the turkeys. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And all that thing God was speaking to your heart, you never did it. It was God, but you procrastinated long enough till you lost it. Whew. Whew. I'll let you think on that just a bit. Isn't that right? When God speaks, obey. When God says something, do it. Do it. Do it. When you know it's God, obey it. Abraham obeyed immediately. And then, he actually considered the hardest thing God ever asked him to do, an act of worship. Herein lies the key if you really want to walk tight with God. Whatever he asks of me, I'll consider it worship in my obedience. It might not be easy, but I'll consider it worship. It might not be popular, but I'll consider it worship. People might not applaud. In fact, they might throw things, but I'll consider it my worship. Whew. Because Abraham was quite a man, was he not? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Early than prompt obedience. And then his confession of faith. I love that. Me and the boy will go, and me and the boy, we will return. We're coming back. Because God cannot lie. Hallelujah. He's trusting the promise. Amen. He's obeying the command. He's passing the test. I'm going to pass the test this year. Anybody else? hallelujah you see in the life of Abraham how God's good promises give the believer the inner confidence and assurance that's going to be alright, it's going to be alright that God's going to take us through just like he has before, he'll do it again he'll do it again he's a faithful God someone says how can you say that, unbelief says don't say that we respond, hey, God is still on this throne, and I'm still his child, and he is still faithful to his word. It shall be well. The battle's the Lord's battle, and God will defend the cause of his people. There's an old song, most of us know it. it, says something like, When peace, like a river, attends my way, when life's pretty good, it is peaceful. And it's pleasant. Or at times when sorrows like the sea billows, like the crashing of waves against my soul, sea billows roll, whatever, whatever, my lot. He has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Can I get an amen in the house? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's not always easy, but God's still good. I can't always understand it, but I can still trust him and praise him. In times of testing, we notice Abraham's faith. He believes God. We notice Abraham's attitude. And we see the secret of obedience in the hard places. God calls him to surrender the dearest thing. And he considers his obedience an act of his worship. When we have to do something or faithfully go through something for God, consider it an act of worship to one we love and we fear and we honor. When God tests us and asks for something, the best response, the best response is to see your obedience as an act of your worship. And that's what God looks for. Is if we're saying, Lord, I will hold nothing back from you, but will always keep you first in my life, even if it costs me. Mm. number one, expect tests from God. They're part of the Christian experience. They will prove you and they will improve you. Number two, focus on the promises, not the explanations. Don't neglect this one beautiful benefit of salvation. There's so many, but the precious promises of God. The promises of God are plentiful, they're powerful, and they're personal. You can claim them. If you're a child of God, you can put your name on them. They're not just for certain people, they're for whosoever is truly serving the Lord. They'll give you peace to go through it, power to overcome it, wisdom to navigate in the midst of it, and provision for whatever you have need at that moment in time. Expect tests from God. Focus on the promise, not the explanation. Number three, And then depend, depend on God's provision to bring you through. I want someone to know God will make a way. And God will bring you through. Just like he did with Abraham. God has not changed. You see in verse 8, Abraham says, God will provide a lamb. God will provide, I know God. I don't know all the this and that, but I do know God. I know God's good and I know God's faithful. God will provide a lamb. In verse 14, the Lord will see to it. Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord provides, the Lord sees. We remember the story. Abraham got there. He put the boy down. The boy lay down on the altar. And just as Abraham's about to slay his son, all of a sudden from heaven the angel says, Stop! Abraham don't touch the boy. Now God knows you fear him. You haven't even withheld your son, you've obeyed him. Don't touch the boy, don't harm the boy. And then over in a thicket, there's a ram. The right place at the right time. But God knows what you need and He knows how to give it to you when you need it. Whew. As Abraham climbed the mountain. He's headed towards that unavoidable place. You know there's some places in life that are unavoidable. How many know that? If I could get away from him, I would. If I could pray him away, I would. I'm trying to. But some things in life are unavoidable. But as he went to that unavoidable place, he was confident that Jehovah Jireh, the Lord sees. The Lord saw. And the Lord would meet every need. And God did. Beloved, God sees. God sees. When no one else knows what you're facing, God sees. When you have to walk that lonely road and face that hard place, God sees, and you'll never have to walk it alone, but He'll take you by the hand. We see in God's provision a powerful spiritual principle. It's our responsibility to obey. It's God's responsibility to provide. Heads of the home, sometimes you feel like so much is on your shoulder. Sometimes you feel like all the weight rests on you and everyone's looking to you. But listen, when everyone's looking to you, you can look to God. And God knows and God's aware and God is faithful. And he'll give you what you need to fulfill your role and carry out the task that God has given you. It's our responsibility to obey. That's all. He didn't ask me to figure it out. He didn't ask me to make everything. He said, obey me and trust me. And if you'll do that, it's God's responsibility to provide To make a way. To unfold his plan. Perhaps you find yourself today. In a situation requiring. Your obedience to God. And you know what God wants you to do. But you can't see. How it's going to work out. Abraham tells us today. That God will provide. If we will but obey. God will provide. If you and I. We'll just trust him and do what he's asking us to do. You can trust the Lord. Abraham depended on God's provision and God's promise, and so can we. Let's be determined. We're going to pass the test in this coming year. Life will throw tests at us. Someone says, I'm in one now. Well, you come to the right service then. Because life has tests that test our faith, that test our devotion. They test the level of our consecration. And when we are tested, let's start out with a determination. I think of Daniel of old. He had made up his mind. I'm not going to take of the king's food that was dedicated. I made up my mind. Before the test came, he had made up his mind. Before we even get into this next year, I'm going to make up my mind. Lord, whatever comes my way, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to obey you. Others can laugh. Others can scoff. All I know is I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey God. And I'm going to believe God. Can you say amen with me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Abraham passed the test. I know many of you passed the test this last year. Hell through the kitchen sink at some of you, passed the test, you kept trusting, you kept leaning, you kept looking. And the same God that took you through the last time ain't going to bring you through this one. Just keep looking to Jesus, just keep resting on those everlasting arms. Abraham passed the test, and I know you all, you've passed the test. You know there's another one in that Bible that passed the test. His name is Jesus. Whew, nobody passed the test like Jesus. When the Father said, go and become a man and leave glory and eternity into the royalty and go down and be a servant, take on humanity, let him mock you and laugh at you and spit on you. He passed the test. He said, yes, Father. And when he was led of the Spirit, and when the Spirit tested the Son, led of the Spirit into the wilderness, and he could have taken the easy way out. He could have avoided that cross. The devil tempts sometimes. Take the easy way out. Take the shortcut. You don't got to go to the cross. Just bow down and you can have it all. And he said, no, he passed the test. He said, no, I won't avoid the cross. He came for that cross. That's you and me. Passed that test in the garden. Such pressure that he's bleeding blood's coming as he prays. But he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done, O oh Jesus. Because there's great love for us. He passed that test. He passed that test. And then on the cross, they mocked him, they laughed him. Devils jeered, and wicked men mocked. But on that cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Whew. What a God, what a, what a savior. What compassion. Aren't you glad that when he saw us in our ugliness, he saw us in our rebellion, Father, forgive Zeno. He don't know what in the world he's doing. Forgive Chico. Forgive forgive us. They don't know what they're doing. Their eyes will be opened. My grace will awaken their heart. Forgive them. To you take your communion and let's open up and let's take out the bread. Let's take out the bread. We want to close this service very simply by looking to the one that passed the test like no one else, the Lord Jesus. And we want to remember and we want to give thanks and then we want to offer ourselves afresh to Jesus. As we give ourselves afresh to Him, we are saying, Lord, whatever comes our way in 2023, we're going to please you, obey you, and trust you. Hell can throw the kitchen sink at us again. But nothing is going to make us leave our faith and our love and our devotion to you. Amen? We're going to look at that cup and we're going to look at that bread. And we're going to remember how he said yes. And he passed the test. And he gave us all for you and I. And we're going to respond by making a fresh altar. And then when we get done with communion, if you need special prayer or you just want to come and pray. Wow. We can come to the altar and pray one for another if you want to. But let's start out with that bread. Let's start out with that bread. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory to God. The Bible says, the Bible says I received from